Is redemption a core theme in Star Wars? That's what we're digging deeper into today. What's up, Story Geeks? I'm Nick Duke, and with me to dig deeper into redemption in Star Wars is philosophy professor George Haraxon, as well as my co-host, Sandra Demas. So for our first question, let's talk about um, what definitions exist for uh, the word and concept of redemption, and what do we think is most applicable when we look applicable when we look at this subject in Star Wars. Um, George, do you want to start us off? Can I tell a quick anecdote just for, for people to uh, get to know me a little bit as well? Absolutely. Um, I, I was actually, I actually stood in line for the first Star Wars release what? back in the 70s. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. How old were you and in 77? I can't tell you. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so what, uh, it was released, what was the year? 77. 77. 77, right, you said 77. Um, so I was 11 years old. Oh, wow. At that moment. I, I remember it for two reasons. Well, mm. number one, of course, it was Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the advertising, the, the, the hype, the people talking about it, um, lines were going around the corner. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, you had to wait a long time. But I, I remember because the day before I went to go see it, I was skateboarding down a concrete ramp and hit a rock and flew over and just brutalized my body. I was bleeding, <laughs> bruised, and but there was nothing was going to keep me away from going to see yeah. Star Wars yeah. at the time. And <laughs> I remember I was in line and I had to wear a tank top because my cuts and scrapes would stick to my shirt. It was, oh, that, it was that bad. That oh fresh. And people, people were in line going, just treating me like an alien. <laughs> what happened to you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> but... In pain and everything, I still went and saw it, and it was wonderful. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Hardcore. You I love it. You would have made it if you had to crawl, <laughs> yeah. right. lay on your skateboard, and roll to the theater. <laughs> That's awesome. Skateboard my way to Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, a couple of uh, definitions of, of redemption are paying off a debt yeah. or atonement or a salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, so on an obvious level, there's Darth Vader redeeming himself for uh, his past mistakes at the end of Jedi. Um, and on another level, there's each character kind of has something that they're mm-hmm. redeeming themselves with. So um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think? Yeah, you know, I, I think there are a couple of ways of, of looking at redemption. We can think of it kind of in a, a general sense, not from a Christian perspective, but just generally that it is to make something better or more acceptable. And oftentimes that could be an exchange for something. So if we are very simple analogy, you know, redeeming a coupon for a better price. So we give something and we get something better in return. Um, In the Christian context, we understand redemption as saving people from sin and from evil and reconciling those people to God. So in Star Wars, we see that very clearly. You mentioned um, Darth Vader. So mm-hmm. we have Darth really, this there, This is an allegory where Darth is granted redemption. Um, and in that act, he is free from the lure of the dark side. So he, he just has a change of heart. He sees what Palpatine's doing to his son. And he has that deep connection that he didn't have before because he was like, yeah, I'm your father, mm-hmm. but come over here to this dark side. Right. Now he has his change of heart and he can no longer do or is no longer compelled to do evil or to to fight for the dark side, but he's fighting for good now. Mm-hmm. And it's short lived, you know, because he yeah. dies immediately <laughs> after. But but he has that moment where not only does he choose to do something good, but 
even more powerfully, Luke receives that and Luke calls him father. And that is such a beautiful story to see, like someone who's willing to say, you know what, I'm stopping the bad that I've been doing and I'm turning to the light, to the, you know, turning to the light side and someone actually receiving that because that's kind of part of the battle too. If you have Mm. someone who's been living this horrible life and, and Luke had every reason to be bitter. He had every reason to hold a grudge. Like, you know, his dad killed his mom and blew up his sister's planet and was doing all these evil acts. But yet he softens as well and says, father, you know, he calls him father. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, I cry at that scene. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not, um, necessarily uh, tragic from from vader's side that he you know dies immediately after yeah you know kind of because like you know he still had to you know there's a price to pay for the things that he did and up to that point he never he never paid the price for all all the bad things that he did and like just um you know making that turn um and throwing uh the emperor down that the shaft which i noticed by the way Apparently, in the Star Wars universe, falling down sh- gigantic chasms, like, chasms <laughs> is not uh, is not necessarily all that bad or dangerous <laughs> to you because you uh, could live. Because apparently, <laughs> you know, with with Rise of Skywalker coming out, uh, the Emperor in some fashion survived that drop. Darth Maul survived yep. the drop, and Luke survived a drop down a massive chasm. Right, too. right. But anyway, that's off. off oh, topic, that was but. when he was like sliding down. It was like Goonies esque, where he's like, "Wee!" Yeah. Well, it's an, I mean, it's when uh, you know Vader's uh, tempting him, you know, to come to yeah. the dark side. And he's like, no, and yeah, j- jumps off into yeah. a, goodbye into nothingness and survives. Is this where he has to do a disclaimer? Like, don't try this at home. Yeah, don't yeah. don't try this at home. But in the Star Wars universe, you know, mm-hmm. if you're back right. into a corner, just jump because. Chances are you'll probably be okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probabilities. Um, yeah. I I actually, okay. Now, mm-hmm. I looked, I went to it starwars.com. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So a reputable source. This is a, this is a source. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully reputable. Um, they, they got the, uh, the domain name. Um, <laughs> here's what they say. They say redemption, I'm quoting now. Mm-hmm. Re- they say redemption is at the heart of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. In fact, right. it could be said that the power of redemption is the main theme of the entire Star Wars saga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But interesting, they go on to say, to be fully redeemed is to be truly sorry for one's transgressions and to seek to make amends for the harm done. Darth Vader's sins are the stuff of legend, and he has much to make up for. You just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Many have debated whether or not the former Jedi deserves redemption, but the Force, capital F, seems Mm -hmm. to have other plans. So it's interesting that they say uh, being redeemed or fully redeemed is is just being truly sorry for one's transgressions. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, absolutely. I think that we can say sorry, but we have to live out sorry, Mm -hmm. you know, and we live out the, the consequences of that. Not that we're, you know, covered in shame, but that we're perpetually kind of aware of what that line is. So mm-hmm. if I come in and I'm really rude to Nick and then I say I'm sorry and then I know, hey, like that is not a way to be to my friend. So don't be that way, you know, and, and that's a way that 
um, I'm kind of living that out. Um, and I think with with Darth, I think it's interesting that he takes off a literal mask. Yeah. And it's, you know, his helmet, but it is kind of this shield between him and and the good that's outside, you know, living outside of that mask. And for yeah. that brief moment when he has that off, he is he is good. And I think for those who seek and are truly remorseful, who seek redemption and are truly remorseful, that's what comes off, like kind of that that veil of naughtiness or, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, I don't want to say like evil necessarily, Mm -hmm. but behaving in a way that is not right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what comes off. In in that moment when he takes off the mask, Mm -hmm. you wonder, is this a reminiscent or does it have any connection or resonance with sort of a thief on the cross moment? Mm. Right, where the the thief on the cross next to Jesus, the one who says, you know, remember me in paradise, yeah. he doesn't have a chance to recompense. To yep. uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, sure, you can be in, like they say here, truly sorry, mm-hmm. which ha- you have an inner uh, desire, uh, the the pat the the inner feelings of sorrow, right. true sorrow. But he has no. The thief on the cross has no opportunity to do anything about right. it. And mm-hmm. either does uh, Vader mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so, and we may get to this later, so what does redemption mean in that? It, it, it seems to me that there's m- there has to be more than just being truly sorry. Right. And you mentioned you have to live out sorry, yeah. but he doesn't have an opportunity right. to. And that, mm-hmm. I find that interesting. Well, I want to just side note on the thief on the cross or the penitent thief. Mm-hmm. Do you know what his name was? Uh, Demas. Demas. Yeah, yeah, Demas. Which is my <laughs> last <laughs> name. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And that, I'm not stealing anything, but you know, and I, I would be sorry if I did. Demas. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like what you said about like how the mask, um, you know, kind of separates. I, you could say kind of the, the opposite too. Like the mask is keeping the good man inside mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. coming out because like when he takes that off, he speaks to Luke, you know, as a father, some truthful and remorseful things to him, you know, saying like, you are right about me. Mm-hmm. Um, because Luke throughout uh, Jedi was saying, you know, there's still good in him. Um, he still had hope for his dad. And like, as soon as the mask comes off, he's, he's, He's like, oh, you were right. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, there's an interesting part of that when you say there's still good in him. I, I remember him saying that, that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, it's almost like you have to have, there's some type of healing that takes place. So like, for instance, when mm-hmm. you're sick or you have a fever, you lose uh, an amount of your energy, your uh, your power to, to live healthfully, right? Mm-hmm. So w- once you are re- recover from the fever, you still have to regain a, a lot in your in your health. Mm-hmm. And for Vader there, I think we see him where he is gets recovered. He removes the mask, but what gets him much further than that, right? Because you, you're going to bring this up later, I think, is this idea. We see him right at the end of Return of the Jedi uh, as a force ghost or whatever yeah. that thing is. Yeah. Um, what gets him to that point? What fully transforms him, or at least gets him to that point? That I think that's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, 
I, just to touch on some other things, like I would say um, other characters that kind of have a redemptive arc uh, would be um, Han Solo, who yeah, spends his life. <laughs> he's <laughs> spent most of his life stealing, lying, killing. Being a sexy scoundrel. Uh, yeah, and just <laughs> other general criminal activity. And yeah. like he becomes... Um, this hero, the a hero of the rebellion, helps mm-hmm. you know take down evil. Yeah, um, becomes a you know a living legend, and it's interesting because like Luke, Luke, kind of redeems his father. He never had the chance to know, and kind of brings, you know, his his family name, you know, back into a good light. Yeah, um, Obi Wan gets redemption uh, for his failure as a teacher by raising up Luke, yeah, to be you know the new hope. But um, anyway, given those definitions, do you think redemption is a core theme in Star Wars, um, particularly in the Skywalker saga? Yes, absolutely. I think I think it's done um, the strongest through Darth, but we're getting super strong hints of that with Rey and her perspective on Kylo. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that a lot in Last Jedi where she's saying, you know, there's still good in him, and well, then he's our our last hope. And she puts a lot of of trust in in him and the hope that he can turn to good. Now, of course, we see what happens um, in the red room, where it's not right. quite uh, <laughs> right. doesn't quite pan out the way she had hoped. Mm-hmm. But we still have the rise of Skywalker to see what might yet shift. And you're yes. right with Han, that's that's one I thought of. And in a sense, Lando, it's it's much yeah, um much to a lesser so. degree, but we see him, you know, just sell out his kind of friend and then he's like, Oh, never mind, like that was a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and whether it is because he didn't like the deal he was handed from Darth after mm-hmm. all, um, or he understood that that was wrong and and that he was on the side of the bad guys um, Mm -hmm. and wanted to shift out of that, you know? Yeah. I think there's a, uh, in, in these arcs of redemption, you you learn to be humble about judging (laughs) other people. Yeah. Both in how much good they have in them Mm -hmm. and, and how much bad they might have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a good lesson to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, you hear this, you've said this multiple times, there's still good in that person. Right. How do we know that? How do we come to know that? How do we perceive that? Um, and, and then also the bad, how do, we, how do we perceive that? How do we know that? But in Vader, I think Vader at one point, he wants to redeem his son. Mm-hmm. Even though he, his view is disordered, he, he still has a concept of redeeming. He wants to bring him in line with what he thinks is yeah. the right to do, right. even though it's disordered and distorted mm-hmm. in that. But yeah. he still has that concept, which is interesting. Yeah, he still believes in like a truth. He's, mm-hmm. He has some sort of truth in mind. At least the concept, yeah. right, of, of what it means uh, on how to, how to live at least the life that he thinks other people should live. Yeah, and yeah. I like what you're saying about just our understanding of other people and to be humble in that. Um, thinking back on the mask or the helmet, Darth's helmet, and then thinking of that in relation to being humble, it reminds me of kind of the verse that we, or the verses that we're used to hearing at weddings, you know, in, in um, 
first Corinthians where it's like love is patient, love is kind, but we get to the end of that chapter and it says, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror or like through a glass darkly and like literally for the mask, it's like through, through those glasses and it's, they're dark. Um, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so we have like these themes of faith, hope, and love. Um, you know, we read of, read of them in first Corinthians, but the idea that now we know in part. So when we're interacting with other people and we say, well, they're too far, um, for any redeeming quality, um, we only know part of it. You know, we don't know everything, their whole, their whole life story or why, they are motivated to do what we consider bad right now. Mm-hmm. So we only see part of that. Um, and then we hear at the end of this uh, chapter that these three remain, remain faith, hope, and love. And the idea of letting those remain in us, faith, hope, and love, when we interact with other people. And I think these stories do such a great job of showing what that looks like um, for Luke and Darth especially and how Luke was able to respond. Like, I couldn't, res- mm-hmm. I don't think I could respond like that for someone who had hurt me that much. Yes. And then it's like, oh, now you want to do good? And now I'm supposed to be like, okay, I'll be by your side <laughs> while you die. Like, mm, that's tough. That's really tough. But, yeah. but it's he such did a good, it. It's such a good example. Oh, yeah. I, like, it's, it's, a, it's a good example for us to, you know, when we see someone that's in our life that seems like they're past um, redemption or, you know, past the point of, coming back to good um, and not giving up on them and like going to them and, you know, speaking truth to them uh, to try to bring them back. Cause like, you know, Vader wasn't going to do it on his own. It required Mm -hmm. like Luke to like show up. He, Luke literally like puts himself in, in danger. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he allows his lightsaber to be taken away. He gives himself up to just have one-on-one time with, his dad with his pops <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean not that in in real life we want to kind of um consistently expose ourselves to someone who's harmful we still yeah. want to have boundaries but just the idea that when someone is ready and and willing to um seek forgiveness or to um turn yeah uh, a, a new leaf in their life and there, you are receptive to yeah that. there's also an example of that when um Vader and Luke are, you know, in front of the emperor and like Vader kind of tempts Luke to come to, and he, Luke almost comes to the dark side. He like lashes out at Vader in anger Mm -hmm. and that it, it, you know, it kind of takes Luke looking at what he's doing to realize that he's, he's starting to turn out like his dad did and he needs to pull back and bring his father with them. Yeah. Yeah. On each of those, noticed. I'm not sure how 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 well it's brought out in the series, but there is somehow a a goal in Greek. We it's called a telos, an end, a purpose, a goal. So in, to become good, you have to have a standard, uh, uh, an end in mind of mm-hmm. what that goodness looks like, right. um, and whether or not it's been modeled to you. And it's not always explicit what that goal that standard is, but it's uh, what I call concretized. You see it in persons mm-hmm. in in the Star Wars um, movies. So it, I, th- this is, if I can, for, as a dad, um, yeah. it's something you learn. 
when people learn things, like just if, bear with me because there's a little philosophy, a little dad <laughs> stuff. But no, that's why you're when, when you when we start to learn, especially as kids, we don't start out with like redemption as a big concept. Right. Right. Uh, we start to learn by very particular examples. So, like when my kids were learning things, I had this book, this cardboard book, and in it, it had a picture of a, a Cheerio. It had a a, cl- a round clock. It had a picture of an orange slice, and the idea was for my son to look at those and then pick out what is the shape. And right, you look through a Cheerio clock, and then you would unfold it, and it would say this little flap, and it would say circle. Right, and so it's trying to teach them that the that these things have something in common, and it's a circle. So you learn from a particular, and then you go to this universal concept, mm-hmm. right? And now here's how I would joke with my kids: I would say, "You see, this is what Plato meant by the world of the forms that have these huge concepts." Now he was only four, so he got really mad at me when I started talking <laughs> philosophy. But Plato, He's like, is that Plato, the, is that the dog? Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't even the dog Plato. <laughs> <laughs> it's the squishy thing right. that you can sometimes eat. <laughs> but we learn from particular examples and models and guides. And then, so in this theme of redemption, um, we don't start out in the Star Wars series understanding this big theme of redemption, this con- this philosophical yeah. concept or this theological concept. We start out with very particular concrete examples. And I think that's what is compelling about it. Right. Yeah. It doesn't start off phil- actually, and I teach philosophy. It doesn't start out <laughs> philosophically. It starts out with these very human uh, things that we resonate with. Yeah. I mean, a new hope starts with just danger. Yeah. Like it's something everybody can, you know, mm-hmm. uh, identify with. Uh, okay. So at the end of Return of the Jedi, Vader stands as a Force ghost next to Yoda and Obi Wan. It would seem that the story is suggesting that. Anakin Skywalker has been redeemed. Is his redemption redemption spiritual, physical? Should we even see him standing there next to Yoda and Obi-Wan? Well, should is an interesting word. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- that implies a, a certain objective standard. Uh, in ethics, we, we talk about the difference between descriptive ethics and prescriptive ethics. When you describe something, you just describe what someone does, not what they should do, right? right? So there may be a situation where I do do this, I do X or I do Y, but what should I do in a particular situation? So should we see Vader there? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, what What is it that's full or bringing him to that? This is what I asked earlier. What is bringing him to that point of redemption where he gets to stand next to Yoda, next to these other figures mm-hmm. um, who have seemed, at least, to do more good in the world than him, right? Uh, right, Because he, mm-hmm. he ends up being like the penitent thief. Thief, yeah. yeah. Right? So you kind of, it's some of these old questions of, how does he get in? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying he shouldn't be there, but what fills in the gaps? I don't What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say, to, to quote, Obi-Wan from a certain point of view. <laughs> um, if you if you look at it from kind of like Yoda and Obi-Wan's perspective, Vader killed Anakin. I think from their perspective, it requires the death of Vader to release the good person. I, I think when you said, George, about 
the the word should being interesting. I think it's interesting too. I think of a fandom that we share, which is Lord of the Rings. I yeah. think mm-hmm. of the quote from Gandalf to to Frodo um, when Frodo says that that Gollum should um, that Bilbo should have killed Gollum, and Gandalf says, "Many that live deserve death. Some that die deserve life." Can you give it to them, Frodo? Do not be too eager to deal out death and judgment. Even the very wise cannot see all ends. Mm-hmm. And so thinking of us as humans and we think of redemption and go, no, like that person doesn't deserve re- redemption. We can think of people in history who have done very atrocious acts. And, you know, for me to say, well, they sought redemption and maybe they didn't live uh, long after they sought redemption. And so now what, they're immediately ushered into heaven? Like, that's not fair. <laughs> but I'm not the judge. And thank God I'm not the judge because I'm human, I'm flawed, and I wouldn't dish out redemption as often as it ought to be dished out, you know. Um, right. As many of us would. We would just say no, like that, you know, we would maybe err on the side of um, judging or maybe we would err on the side of mercy and likely to uh, the detriment you know, mm-hmm. on either side. And so it's not us. Like from a human perspective, we can try to process it and understand it. And I, I watch Return and I think it's beautiful, but do I live that out in my life? Do I live out the redemption mm-hmm. and and receiving someone who has sought redemption? Do I live that out of my life consistently? Probably not. Um, but But to see it played out, on film, I think is a beautiful reminder of of an ideal, and it's not us who gives that redemption. From a Christian perspective, it's God who gives that redemption, and God is the one who should, just like Luke, have every reason to be upset and every reason to say, like, look at all this stuff that you did, but like Luke, <laughs> when you seek redemption, God grants it to you, and... Well, it, it, redemption is a an activity, right? That happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the part of the question now you're tapping into my my other vocation, yeah. which was a your pastor pastoral for, for yeah. twenty years, um, pastor, philosopher, drummer. Um, <laughs> so then you have to raise the question: Does redemption require repentance? Mm-hmm. If I go back just to the StarWars.com definition, it says that to be fully redeemed is to be truly sorry for one's transgressions. Mm-hmm. That seems to imply the concept or the idea, the activity of repentance. Now, mm-hmm. repentance is an inter- inter- interesting word. When you go into the the original Greek, the Koine Greek, the common Greek, um, repentance means metanoete, to rethink your thinking. Mm-hmm. So part of repenting is to rethink how you used to think and then be able to live on that new truth, mm-hmm. right? So Vader rethinks his thinking, mm-hmm. repents, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Is sorry. He's now he thinks another. He views Luke in a in a very different way. He views what's arguably good and evil in a different way. So redemption requires some form of rethinking one's thinking, repentance. Mm-hmm. And now what jumps into the I think in part of these themes is. Should should Vader, should Anakin be there? Well, there seems to be something external to them mm-hmm. that re- is part of that redemption process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we could talk about it theologically, but if I'm just sticking to the, the Star Wars universe, yeah. right, 
there seem there's something else there that is doing some of the redeeming. Right. Yeah. It or all of it. I mean. Well, yeah. I'm just saying that you it, individuals can't fully do it on their own. Right. And we still see that even in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Luke can't fully do it on his own. Mm-hmm. He's had to have guides, uh, you know, masters, trainers, yeah. right, in, in order to get him where he's at. Mm-hmm. And we see at the beginning of The Turn of the Jedi, his l- overconfidence yeah. uh, gets him in trouble. <laughs> and so he, he gets humbled again, mm-hmm. and he has to, you know, regroup. And even he can't do it on his own. So there's mm-hmm. something else. There's always, It seems like redemption requires something external to us. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So uh, what redemptive arcs in the Skywalker saga and beyond are the most meaningful to you and what makes them stand out as meaningful? Well, for me, it, it's it's really Luke and Darth yeah. with um, Rey and Kylo or the possibility. I know they talk about Bendemption and whether or not that's even needed, uh-huh. but um, in the midst of like where we are now from Last Jedi... Um, the the hope that Ray has that is is powerful because she's sitting in the midst of it and some of us are in the midst of you know just maybe potential hopelessness but if we're still an outlier in that and saying you know what I'm actually it looks hopeless but I'm actually going to have hope um, that's powerful and again things have shifted with Kylo but but yeah. in that scene that. That scene was really powerful to me because you can see her devastated that Luke is kind of he's kind of shrugged him off and she's like, No, like then then he's our last hope and like she was trying to convince yeah. Luke um that there was still hope, which is fascinating in light of Luke seeing yeah. redeem his father redeemed. Like how how are you hopeless now but you weren't then when Kylo hasn't done anything near as bad as what Darth did. So mm-hmm. I don't I think that's fascinating, but but definitely Darth and Luke and then with the with Ray and Kylo being a second. Yeah. And Ray kind of has every reason to be a pessimist just based on like where she spent most of her life. Oh yeah, you know, just amongst thieves and Yeah, fending for herself yeah. and being abandoned and not knowing why and not even being able to like know who her family is, no like she she doesn't belong anywhere, you know. Right. What about the almost almost like the anti redemption theme with Padme? What happens to her in the end? Uh huh. Right. It's it's death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you might say, well, she's redeemed through the the children. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- that could be a theme of redemption. People think sometimes I'm going to live on through my children. Right. But I th- I think we hunger for for more than that, mm-hmm. um, and we and you see it in in the Star Wars saga is. You, when we see, you gave the example before, Vader standing next to Yoda in that. Oh, there, there's more. There's this hope or hunger for an afterlife, something mm. beyond that. And if it just ends in the grave for Padme, that that's sort of an anti-redemption story. Because <laughs> we don't see we don't see her ghost anywhere. We don't yeah. see her force ghost. <laughs> At least, at least so far. I mean, yeah. maybe it's coming. Well, she just gave up. She lost the will to live. She lost the yeah. will. That and that sort of losing that will to live. Uh, boy, that that sort of. I think she still had the opportunity to be redeemed, right? Um, but her thinking changed, mm. right? Mm-hmm. 
So that's an interesting. I mean, I don't mean to bring it all down, no. <laughs> but it is a it is a no. feature of the of the storyline. And so far, the only Force ghosts we've seen have been of Jedi. So yeah. maybe it's just like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you're not in the club. You you can't yeah. be a ghost. They have their own little special realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the three things I, I thought of in in these different arcs were people are humbled, um, and then they're healed, but they're they're um, I would use the word elevated. In, in some way, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we look at the end of Return of the Jedi, uh, they have been elevated in some sense, right? They've been uplifted. They're living out, you said it earlier, they're more their truer selves or the, the selves that they were intended to be, right? So there's yeah. this, this elevation theme, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, uh, for me, um, Looking beyond just the Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. there's a book called uh, Lost Stars, which um, I think uh, I think Jay's read. Oh yeah, um, which is my favorite uh, extended universe Star Wars book. Just fantastic. Uh, one of the main characters, his name is Thane Kyrell. He became an Imperial pilot with his best friend Sienna. Um, they went through the whole training academy to be, you know, fly Tie fighters. And everything, and they saw like the empire's this incredible opportunity, you know, to do something great. And they totally believe in the empire. They totally believe in the emperor and the cause uh, until Alderaan. They both have um, different perspectives on it. Uh, Sienna kind of sees it as harsh, but a n- sort of necessary thing: sustain order. Thane sees the to- the total depravity and evil of the act and ends up um, defecting to the rebellion. And so he has to make like this painful choice to like leave his community, his family, his best friend, everybody that he knows like is basically in the empire to go off and try to right the wrongs that he's been doing for his whole life, you know, working for this terrible organization it's cool to see that in finn also Mm. in oh yeah like the very beginning of the force awakens is like you know he knew he knew nothing else other than the first order yeah and combat and being a stormtrooper um you know rules order he just wants to get away (laughs) like and just be away from the first order and hide but it takes like the events of the last jedi to make him go, I, okay, I need to turn around here and be a part of this this new movement, uh, this resistance, yeah. and take down this, this uh, regime. I keep forgetting, even though this is honestly like one of my favorite Star Wars films, um, I would definitely put them above all of the prequels, and, or put this one above all, all of the prequels, and maybe even above... Um, the new trilogy and mm-hmm. that's Rogue One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh Cassian. Yeah. Cassian I, I forget. Andor. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he he kind of starts off in a sense like like Han where he's not really in it for good reasons or doesn't doesn't believe Jin and and mm-hmm. her intent and 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 so he doesn't have good intentions necessarily. And then you see him so valiantly just like at the end yeah. and hugging Jen and oh my gosh, oh, <laughs> the end of that movie. I yeah. was like, ah, wrecked, <laughs> wrecked. And I was sitting next to fanboy 
And we were just like, like a complete stranger. And we're like, yeah. oh, gosh. Hugging each other. <laughs> no, not quite. But, you know, just like, oh, what's happening? And yeah, it was. Yeah. It's so fun to see any Star Wars one that comes out. When, like an opening weekend or like the first showing and I, I won't yeah. be able to see the first showing of Rise of Skywalker but because of the people that you're around and you you share that reaction with them mm-hmm. and gosh anyway so going back to Cassian <laughs> yeah. he's another one I, I don't know why I keep forgetting about Rogue One yeah I went to a midnight showing once oh. uh, I think of episode I think it was episode three and we got there as midnight and they had technical problems and the, oh. it didn't start till 2.30 Five in the morning. Oh man! I had to work the next morning, and that was I needed redemption after that. But yeah, but (laughs) but you did it, didn't you? You're like, see again, yeah, through pain, through suffering. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, (laughs) rolling in on that skateboard. (laughs) Um, My flesh. Ah. Yeah. (laughs) One one thing I was going to make a comment on uh, was in these characters. Now here, you, I I I don't want to go too deep philosophically, but th- this is sort of a, an Augustinian, a St. Augustine, uh, Augustine theme of when you look at these characters that you're mentioning, they, they, the evil in them, if we look at evil as a privation of good, a lack of goodness, mm-hmm. what's happening in these characters is a restoration of goodness. Mm-hmm. They're, Vader is, he's deteriorating, being distorted as a being and that, and that he, it's almost like being curled up, like crunching up a paper. But the redemption part is he's being restored. He's being renewed, being, uh, goodness is being restored back into him or in these, in these characters. And so good can live without evil, but evil can't live without good. Because mm-hmm. it's like you can have light without a shadow, but you can't have a shadow without light. And yeah. if we look at some of the evil in in these themes from a, at least an uh, Augustinian perspective, how you look at what evil actually is, what is the nature of these things, and what does it mean to be redeemed from that? It means to restore goodness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You said Vader was killed. Another way to look at that was um, that no, Anakin, uh, his goodness was restored. Yeah, right. And that's why you see him, Anakin Skywalker, as the Force Ghost, mm-hmm. and like, because like, Obi Wan says like uh, he's more machine now than man. Yeah. So like, you know, there's very little of the physical person left, but like once he's restored, mm-hmm. he's a full person again. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. then we can even have a conversation about transhumanism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you really human or not? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are some of the key things that unfold in these character arcs that lead us to believe that they're tied to redemption? What are um, major occurrences or plot points that make us think um, that you would accept a character's redemption or not accept a character's redemption? I mean, that, that comes down to writing, too. It's like, cause right. like a writer can say, like, now uh, this character is redeemed, but when you look at, like, the events of the of the story are like I don't, I'm not really sure that adds up to a redemption. Right. Like, is there any character um, maybe in Star Wars where that made you feel that way? Like you're not sure why. Yeah, it seems like Kylo was never never really started with good. So what's you know what's the redemption there, or is it just him going from bad to good? So I don't I don't know how it's going to play out in the la- in the final movie but mm-hmm. 
maybe we'll get extra context into uh, Kylo Ren's or Ben's earlier life. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, but to to me that seems very similar to Anakin because that's why the council wasn't going to let him get trained because of what they saw in him. So mm. even though he was a kid, there was still some some anger in him. So you could say there wasn't good in him yeah, from the true. get-go. And same, I actually don't get that sense from Kylo as much as I do Anakin hmm. um, that, you know, there was always bad in him because um, we don't see him. So I'm I'm thinking, oh, we just catch him here when Luke is like this kid sketch, you know. <laughs> um, but we don't, I'm already kind of thinking, well, there's there's something that happened before. So in my mind, I haven't, Mm-hmm. considered him as all bad from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But certainly he's made choices now that, you know, I don't know what the motivation is behind it other than, you know, control, mm-hmm. um, which is the same issue that Anakin had, you know. He got attached <laughs> to Padme and then he needed to control what happened mm-hmm. um, and and even life, control life itself and, and make it not happen. So yeah, here's where you start to see a little bit... Uh, more of the Buddhism coming into play Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's this idea of attachment. Yeah. Right. And if you, once you attach yourself to things, then suffering begins. So you, you actually have, I think a, you have conflicting stories of redemption going on and at least what it means to be redeemed. Yeah. Because you have some of these Buddhist themes, you have some of these Judeo Christian themes still, Embedded, but these are competing mm-hmm. themes, right? Uh, because uh, on one view, you are what you. I mean, I mean, you sort of what you love, what you love the most makes you who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And what does Kylo love the most? Well, is it is it her or power? You know, yeah, that's Pal- Palpatine. You kind of get power, unlimited power. You know, yeah. Uh, With An- Anakin, it was he loved Padme. Uh-huh. And that's what I'm saying, like, with, with Kylo, um, it's a little more ambiguous because, like, I mean, with, with Anakin, it, it's, you know, it's very clear, like, he loved, he loved Padme. He did not want her to die, and that kind of led him down this path. And with, with Kylo, Luke, Luke said, you know, he, he, he looked inside Kylo's mind, and it just, like, there was so much darkness there that he almost, like, instinctively just killed him. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that was what was leading me to to think like was there never good in him yeah. and like you know but anyways good well there's it's kind of a for kind of it's a disordered love isn't it he I mean uh, for for Anakin with Padme he he if you look at a virtue a virtue can have doesn't just have one vice it has two vices mm-hmm. so if you are courageous you can sort of fall off the edge on, on right or left. You can be mm-hmm. foolhardy, right, or you can be a coward. And with l- love is similar. You you can love something too much, arguably. Mm-hmm. And so he loves her so much that he wants to control her. Yeah. And he won't allow any. He won't allow her to be herself. Uh, so he has a very disordered love mm-hmm. in that. I would say in that case. Yeah, a lot of complicated feelings. Mm-hmm. He's like. He is just a bad boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just when he comes back in 
in episodes uh, two and three, it's like, why did you ever fall for that clown? Yeah. Like, he's super intense and obsessed, and it's like, okay, marry him. Like, that's just, too, too. she had no friends. <laughs> she had no friends because they would have told her. <laughs> you mentioned Lord of the Rings has a lot of songs and in, in, in that in it. Too bad Star Wars doesn't have the two because there'd be a lot of good breakup songs. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Force Awakens has the... Uh, song that Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote and it, I, I think it is a breakup song. Wait, what? Uh, it's the, it's the, it's the scene in Maz Kanata's, um, kind of, uh, her, her castle, uh, cantina area. Yeah. Lin-Manuel wrote, uh, Oh, Jabba Flow? Yeah. And it's, it, <laughs> it's all in Hatties. Oh, I did not know yeah. this. And I, I want to say like, it actually is a breakup. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, we'll have to. We need to get a translation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Google Translate. It made me think of the line from. So if you haven't seen a Star Wars robot chicken, oh my gosh, yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. But the scene where uh, uh, one of the characters says, well, "Mon calamari are people," and I did not know this. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about that song. I did not know this. Um, Okay, so to to wrap up here, let's look at this uh, last question. Um, Star Wars has been built off mythology uh, and a his, has a history of allegory. What about redemption is so powerful to human beings, and why does it show up so much in geek movies? Here's what I would say. Um, when I, 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 I teach a session in my philosophy class on this, and... I think there are, if you'd allow me, there are four conditions about mm-hmm. the human condition that when it shows up in, you say geek movies, <laughs> geek <laughs> stories, um, we resonate with them, we harmonize, we, we have dissonance. And th- those four elements that I talked about are, number one, we are all alienated people in some way. We're either mm-hmm. alienated from ourselves, from someone else, right. um, or there's this theological, we're alienated from the universe or God. That mm-hmm. So we seek resolution to that alienation. But secondly, we all actually hunger for life after death. Um, mm-hmm. We want the good that we experience in life to continue, and we want the death and suffering to cease. Mm-hmm. So we have that hunger. And then thirdly, we also hunger for meaning and purpose. One of my favorite series is the, the, the Twilight Zone. When I grew up, yes. my dad and I would watch it. I'm glad and you said zone. Zone, yes. Are you team Edward? There's this idea, though, that you could get everlasting life, mm-hmm. but if that life doesn't have meaning or purpose... Uh, that's not a good life. So we want not just everlasting life with goodness. We want meaning and purpose in it. We want to be able to do something. We don't. We want it to be boring, right? right. Um, and finally, we we know that we suffer from a, a brokenness problem theologically, a sin problem that leads to that alienation. So all religions, almost all philosophies, have these four themes. I could go. I mean, obviously, we don't have time, but we could go mm-hmm. through different things. So whenever we see these ideas of alienation, hungering for life after death, desire for meaning and purpose, uh, the suffering that we see, the sin problem, brokenness problem, when I think those are a part of we are so aware of those conditions in our life. When we see them, these come out in these kinds of movies, and that's what draws us to them. We want to see, well, how do they get reconciled? Mm-hmm. Uh, what... How do they survive death? 
Uh, is yeah. there an afterlife? How? Um, what, what gives the meaning and purpose? You know, what what is their actual brokenness? What's Kylo's real brokenness problem? Yeah. You know? So I think those four themes are are key. Yeah. I have to quote my one of my favorite authors, Neil Gaiman. And mm-hmm. on he talks about fairy tales, and he says, fairy tales are more than true, not because they tell us that dragons exist, but because they tell us that dragon, dragons can be beaten, can be slayed. Mm. So that is, I think, a key part of these geek stories, but really any good story. It's just more fantastical, um, you know, in these geek stories. And so part of what what I love about geek stories is that they set us in this fantastical realm or world, or even like with magical realism. So we're in our own world, but we're seeing something out of the norm. We're seeing something magical happen. So it takes us out of our our normal day-to-day world. And in that, we're able to entertain ideas that we can then take to our real world. And when we when we think of the longing that we have for meaning and purpose and hope and and our why like what what my what i'm motivated by it's easier to see it in these these fairy tales and these fantastical stories and let it marinate and then we see how we apply it in our real life versus having like a legit PSA almost or like a cautionary tale where it's just so on the nose that is harder to digest because it's just it it feels like we're being told something versus like you're showing me for writers it's always show don't tell so Mm -hmm. in a good story they're showing us what it looks like to be hopeless and then what it looks like to seek redemption or reconciliation and and then we get to figure out how that applies to our life but it's not telling us and in the in these stories, when I talk about the why, all of these stories have something that happens that like if we're in a relationship or we see the character in a relationship and it breaks or the relationship is lacking or it's stolen or, you know, maybe that happens with their security, their sense of security. It's it's taken away somehow. Well, now that's their Why? They're, they're motivated now to repair that or to find family or to find their security again. And that's the journey that we go, um, go, with on, go on with them. Um, and we need that. So good stories have to have that why. If they don't have it, you're like, but why, why are they doing that? Why mm. are they even motivated to fight this fight? You know, with Obi-Wan, I'm sorry, with Luke, there's no reason for him to join the rebellion, but then we see what happens to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, and it's like, well, yeah. everything's gone. <laughs> now he has a why. He doesn't have a home anymore, and there's this mystery, this mysterious man who he's known as Old Ben. Now it's Obi Wan. You can tell me about this, like, like you know, crazy religion type thing, and I'm curious, and I have nothing. I have nothing. So now here's my why. I'm seeking something. And um, we see that a lot in in geek stories, of course. But I think that the reason why they're so powerful is because of that whole fairy tale aspect of it, that it, Mm -hmm. it we place ourselves in another world and then we take that what we learn there and we bring it to our own Mm -hmm. versus like the right on the nose type of story. Those PSAs. I don't don't know if you um, 
ever saw those little PSAs and shows that they used to have for yeah. kids growing up. But I saw them and I'm like, geez, it's like, uh-oh, someone's got an eating disorder. Uh-oh, yeah. somebody's, you know, fibbing, <laughs> yeah. whatever. So blunt. Like, yeah, there's one I remember uh, like in the 90s where it's just like black and white uh, uh, boy sitting next to a gravestone and he's just like lamenting. Wait, My, black like, and white film or black and white boy? No, it's black and white film. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Sorry. Yeah. No, but a black and white film, a boy sitting next to a grave, and, you know, he's just, like, lamenting his brother's his brother's death. Oh. It's like, if only he didn't do drugs, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I like what, you know, you're saying about, like, they, they don't need Luke Skywalker to turn around and be like, hey, kids, it's me, Luke we're Skywalker. The yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, wait. <laughs> what, what just transpired here was a redemption, like yeah. Paul Vader's laying on the ground. Uh, but yeah, like a thing that like draws us into like any story is conflict. Like what, what's yeah. the conflict? Um, and like a really major conflict that people can immediately identify with is like a conflict within oneself. Um, so, like, the redemption stories um, can hit hard with people, especially, like, if you if you know people that have had, like, similar um, experiences with people, like, loved ones, um, you know, it can, it can be a powerful lesson on how to deal with it in, in the real world, mm-hmm. like you're saying, like, you, you know, it's not, the dragons are real, it's, like, that they can be slayed, and yeah. if you kind of look at your look at problems you have in your life or um, certain relationships you have, like this can, this can be, this is something that can be beaten um, and can ultimately be redeemed. And like we, we all, you know, have moments in our lives where we discover that we're in the wrong and we, you know, need to set things right. And like, that's, that's a, a journey we have to take. It's not as easy as like, darn, I was wrong. Sorry you know, and everything's better. Like there's a, there's a, an internal like journey you have to take to like recognizing that you're wrong Mm -hmm. and then like living it out. Yeah. Living out, um, living out the truth. That's why it's it's fun to to watch conflict or to read about it because you don't have the same existential crisis. You know, it's like, it's their problem, you know, it's not for them. I mean, you could though. There, for me, there are some shows I can't watch because I carry that and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sometimes it hits like sometimes too too close close to home and like you start looking around and going like, Uh, who who wrote this about me, you know? Like, <laughs> well, for me, like if, if there is constant hiding, um, there is a, okay, so confession. Um, I watched the new 90210, not the new, new one where it had the old characters, but the new one, mm-hmm. like kind of in between that. And everyone was like lying. Someone did like a hit and run, maybe killed someone. And like someone's doing drugs and like all of the, like the, the hiding and the secrecy gave me so much like anxiety I couldn't watch it anymore because I was just like oh my god they're gonna get caught and like they should get caught but like it's so stressful because like just to sit in that like tension Mm. of like I almost got caught like oh so like things like that it's not even that it hit close to home it's just the whole like secrecy Mm. thing was yeah just to watch that ugly notice you said it you both have said I think it hits too close to home Uh right Mm -hmm. in Notice the beginning of Star Wars, the title is In a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Uh-huh. 
so there's a sense that it, 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 it does. It takes you to another place mm-hmm. where you engage with your imagination and your guard is down, but there's still this background knowledge that it's a little distant from you. <laughs> and you can you can engage with it. It can form your imagination and y- your heart and your soul in a different way. I think than the the kind of sh- the nine hundred two one zero show that you're describing because that just puts you into angst. It doesn't right. give you hope. It's not it's not showing you the goodness that's that's there. Yeah, we get a mixture of that in in the the Star Wars mm-hmm. saga, uh-huh. and I th- that those are things that we long for. I mean, yeah. because if there's just anxiety and conflict. And, and there is no resolution. Mm-hmm. We, we never get to go home or whatever. Ooh, that's a, that's a, do you want to live in that universe? Yeah. I yeah. don't, I'm not sure I want to live in that and, universe. And you know what? There are some films that do that. They and do that, and yeah. some of them don't, uh, you know, they don't execute that well. Um, but others do. And it's really fascinating to see, oh, there wasn't like complete closure or closure looked different than I was expecting and that mm. I wanted and hoped for. And, oh, like my mom is very much like, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. You know, if, it, if a film is like that, <laughs> yeah. she wants that happy ending. And I'm like, well, you know what, mom? Like that's, and, you know, we'll get into these conversations right. and then she'll hear me and then she'll be like, yeah, but I didn't like it. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, that that's the... You have to. What What are you looking for when you're engaging with the stories? Because right. we, we have these sort of hidden expectations or presumptions on what we're bringing to the table. Right. We're engaging with these. One story that came up in my mind, just to, sometime maybe you should do a podcast on it, is the movie Sliding Doors. Have you oh seen yes, I love right. that movie. Where, and totally unfamiliar. It, it, it's like um, two, like an alternate universe in a sense, but in very real world. Oh wait, is with it Gwyneth Paltrow? Gwyneth Paltrow. Never mind. Right. I do know this movie. Yes. Right. Okay. But I'm just saying that there you have two story arcs of the same person. Yeah. That when it, it, the movie splits right yeah. near the beginning, um, and you have different res. It doesn't come out the way you think. Yeah. On both ways. So this is not going to go the way you think. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here talking about Redemption in Star Wars. Uh, again, our guests were George Raxon. Thank you so much for coming and being on the show. Sandra Demas, thank you so much. You're thank welcome. You. <laughs> well, that's it for today's show. Special thanks to George Raxon and thanks to Nick for hosting. And if you're watching The Mandalorian, check out our second podcast channel, The Story Geeks Talk Disney+. Plus. We're doing a weekly show exclusively covering The Mandalorian. For more information on how to join the Story Geeks Club or to find out more info on the Story Geeks Network, visit thestorygeeks.com. Thank you for listening, and as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth. Special thanks to all of our members of the Story Geeks Club. You can become part of the club for only $2 a month. Our friendly neighborhood club members get access to Jay's almost daily journals, which are short podcasts that he records, again, almost daily. If you upgrade to $3 a month, you can vote on upcoming show topics. And as mentioned, you can join our shows live. At $5 a month, you can become a Guardians of the Solar System tier. You get all our discussion questions and prompts before each show comes out. Our guardians of the solar system are Adam Vargas, Bob Sherfield, Justin Weaver, Mary Baldwin, and Wade Johnson. At $8 a month, our tier is called Cosmic Heroes. 
and our Cosmic Heroes get to choose an aftercast topic for every series. Our Cosmic Heroes are Jim Baldwin, Monty Thigpen, Nick Prokop, and Ray DeLeon. And finally, at $19 a month, you get a free t-shirt and you get to join us on an aftercast every single month. Our one extra special mastermind of the multiverse madness is Connie Moe. We appreciate all of the members of the Story Geeks Club, even those we haven't mentioned by name. If you would like to support the show by joining the Story Geeks Club, please head over to thestorygeeks.com.